the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Courageous Christianity, a public nonprofit ministry equipping Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield. We were made to be courageous. We were made to lead the way. We could be the generation that finally breaks the chains. We were made to be courageous. The intersection of our faith and the world is a battlefield strewn with debris of a fallen world that challenges even the hardiest souls. And yet, this intersection is the context of our faith. As courageous Christian warriors, we must navigate this difficult terrain in our personal walk and as we seek to bring Christ to those who are lost and struggling. We were made to be courageous and we're taking back the fight. We were made to be courageous and it starts with us tonight. As a colonel in the Marine Corps Reserves with numerous combat deployments, Richard Mendelo has walked dangerous ground in peacetime and in war. Join us as he and his guests shed light on this critical intersection on spiritual combat and on the rules of engagement for courageous Christianity. And here's your host, Richard Mendelow. Friends, welcome and thank you for joining us on Courageous Christianity. Last week we asked the question, what is Courageous Christianity? And Christy and I talked about it in our new one-hour format about which we are very excited And today we have a very special guest to help us look into that question. Dr. Jim Phillips joins us from North Greenwood Baptist Church in Greenwood, Mississippi. And I met Brother Jim when I was in Mississippi in 2017 as an on-scene commander for the crash of a Marine KC-130 tanker, the call sign Yankee 72. And we've stayed close since. I've even had the honor of preaching at his church, and we're looking forward to having him on the show with us this morning. As always, I'm joined by and so grateful for Christy Stratton, my unstoppable wingman. <laughs> Hello, everyone. And Christy is wearing a jacket that looks like Che Guevara <laughs> would have worn it. And I'm wondering, <laughs> when are we planning this revolution that's happening? Okay. Brother Jim, welcome. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Brother Jim. Friends, uh, we're looking forward to an enlightening discussion. Before we begin, I must remind you that as a colonel still serving in the Marine Corps Reserves, I have to preface my comments by saying that these are my personal views, and they do not necessarily represent the Department of Defense or the Department of the Navy. Brother Jim, would you please pray for us? I sure will. God, we thank you for just a just a great opportunity, Lord, to exchange and discuss matters pertaining to our faith that uh, might impact listeners uh, far beyond our wildest imagination. Lord, you have done remarkable work in our individual lives, and uh, through no uh, particular mistake, you've caused the paths to cross. God, I thank you for Rich and for his friendship, and just I pray, Lord, that you would just anoint our conversation today, and it might uh, encourage and lift somebody up uh, to be b- more bold for Jesus than they were before they uh, heard this broadcast today. And I 
consider these moments precious, and we commit them to you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you. Friends, I first shook Brother Jim's hand at the community center across US 82 from Mississippi Valley State University in Itabina, Mississippi. And I, I believe it was July 13th and Yankee 72 had crashed on July 10th. And we had turned this little community center into a combat operations center. And it was bursting with men and women from all sorts of government agencies, all present to help the Marine Corps in recovering our fallen and the aircraft and the weapons which were on board. And Brother Jim showed up. He walked in the front door and asked who was feeding everyone and whether or not his church could assist. And let me tell you, in the uh, fury of events, that had not really been nailed down, and his offer was greatly appreciated. And the North Greenwood Baptist Church, led by its fearless pastor, fed us one meal a day for the next few weeks. And uh, Larry's Fish House uh, fed us and... Even when a hundred more uh, Marines showed up and they were lined up at 5 a.m. to go and search the fields, Brother Jim and his flock were there. And what amazes me is if you'd have been driving on US 82 and you'd have seen all these military vehicles and state vehicles, sheriffs, state troopers, and black cars with blacked out windows and so mm-hmm. forth, you might not have turned into that parking lot. But Brother Jim saw a need, and without hesitation, he jumped into the fight. And what this show is going to be about today is showing up. We don't always know the exact answer. We have to trust the Holy Spirit will help us. Mm -hmm. But first and foremost, we have to show up. So we're going to talk about that today. And ultimately, I think we're going to come to realize that showing up is courageous Christianity. And what better man to talk to us about that than Brother Jim? So thank you for being here. Glad to be here. Thank you. Uh, friends, uh, the good news and the bad news is Brother Jim is an avid baseball fan, but he likes the Braves. Go Braves. <laughs> Go Braves. Yeah. I'll tell you something interesting is not only is he a fisher of men, but he is a professional bass fisherman. Mm-hmm. What can you tell us about that? Well, that really was something I really thought when I finished high school, I was going to become a professional bass fisherman, and uh, I actually was headed in that direction, worked at a sporting goods company in Jackson, Mississippi, after I finished school, and really really thought that was going to be a reality, and uh, kind of pursued it uh, kind of semi-professionally, and when God called me to preach, he also had me lay it all down and lay it all aside. And uh, I had to get through my college and my seminary and my doctorate and finally got to the Mississippi Delta in 1990 and started tournament fishing again. And then it turned into a ministry. So I was a chaplain on the Bassmaster Circuit from 1997 to 2007. And I still uh, operate the Fishers of Men Tournament Trail for Mississippi Central and put on professionally run team, team bass tournaments and share the gospel in the context of that. And uh, it just turned into a ministry. Jesus was pretty fond of fishermen. So I just felt like I fell into his hands in the middle of that. God bless you. I think that's so amazing. And I'm <laughs> I'm amused slash laughing at all the stuff you get into. Because <laughs> if you call Brother Jim on the phone, he's in a, a bus going to Atlanta to watch a game. Yeah. Or he's in a van with a bunch of kids going to <laughs> Missouri. Uh, that's where you were last week when I called you, right? It was. I, I drove our church bus. Uh, we went to extreme winter uh, between um, 
Christmas and, and New Year's up in Branson. They had 2,000 mostly high school kids, their sponsors and churches and what have you. Of course, my son, uh, Kevin, who works for Tim Tebow, Tim was speaking uh, there as well. That was sort of secondary, but uh, it turned into two or three days of just uh, hilarity and worship and loving on kids and uh, just having a great time and i'm a i'm a cdl bus driver so our 29 passenger bus has to have somebody that's licensed like myself and i just volunteered and so it was a great time to be away that's kind of a dead week at the church and so we had a great time yeah you definitely do all the things that you get into and i'm i'm just wondering extreme winter yeah 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 isn't winter already extreme (laughs) well that's been going on a long time and 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 it used to be called Winter Extreme, but actually these these were two simultaneous uh, conferences going on. There was one in Branson, there was one in Pigeon Forge, and it went on for th- really for two days. But uh, whoever the speakers were at one place swapped overnight to the other place. And uh, awesome band, Crowder, uh, Lecrae, uh, the kids love all of this, and then Johnny Hunt and Tebow and several you know speakers and just giving the gospel, and kids were saved, and uh, homes were blessed, and churches were enthused, and so it's just fun to get to be a part of that. Well, speaking of showing up, it sounds like you show up a lot of different places that are very, <laughs> very, very important. He's, I don't know if there's such a thing as a good penny that keeps showing up, but that that would be the good penny. So we're talking about Courageous Christianity, and over the last year, we've spent a lot of time explaining the context of our faith, which is a battlefield. We we laugh and we enjoy each other, and at the same time, we understand the struggle that is this life. And so we've talked about the devil's attempts to overthrow God and how he uses people to do it, and we've talked about our opportunity as counterinsurgents to restore this nation under God, for starters, and uh, the people who have been led astray. And so the way you just show up, and give everybody an opportunity to be there. The selves that they want to be and need to be and should be is is an amazing thing. When I say to you, uh, courageous Christianity, the intersection of faith and the world, struggle, war, what things come to your mind? Well, I don't really think Jesus and his ministry ever separated the sacred from the secular. I think everything that he did in encountering people uh, it was all the same. It was just his father's world, and these were his father's children, his people. And so when um, I think it's unfortunate that the church sometimes, too many Christians sort of behave one way on Sunday and another way the rest of the week. And we kind of think that somehow, you know, we put on our church clothes and our church conversation and our church look, and we come into a holy hum on Sunday, and then come Monday, we're completely different. I don't think that was Jesus' intention for God's people at all. I think, we, I think we're supposed to come to our fellowship and time with God's people and uh, get our, our refreshers out of the Word of God, uh, our worship. Uh, receive our our marching orders, uh, get back current in our walk and in step with Christ. And whether that involves uh, confession and repentance, it certainly does involve worship. And out of that worship, uh, we're supposed to carry that out into the world. We're not. It's not something separate. We're we're supposed to be the same twenty four seven. You you realize that as a military person, but just as a believer, we don't put on a hat and we act one way and we change that hat and act. Another way. So I, I think it's everything rises and falls on leadership, John Maxwell says. And as a, as a Christian, but as a pastor, as a father, I just realize there's some influence that I need to, um, 
to exert, and God has influenced me, and I'm simply a channel of blessing. I, I just want to be a riverbed through whom he brings blessings to others, and I think we're all supposed to be that way. God, that's that's amazing and absolutely true. You've actually tapped into an idea that I say a lot, which is you're in a combat zone. I'm picturing back uh, in Garmshire, in the Garmshire district of Afghanistan, where we were, and we have this combat outpost, and we go out the front gate, and sometimes we're in our trucks, sometimes we're on foot, and we would do patrols, and sometimes we'd be out for a day or a half day, other times we'd be out for a couple days or even a week or two. And then you come back, and you reload your weapons, you, you clean them, you get a good meal, you get a good night's sleep behind the walls of the combat outpost, you take a semblance of a cold shower, we had water from the Helmand mm. River, and you listen to the intelligence, and we go over our rules of engagement again, and we prepare ourselves to go and do the mission again. And so what you've said is uh, just strikes with that, that the church on Sundays, our combat outpost, and we restore ourselves there. And when we come back from the break, we're going to continue talking to Dr. Jim Phillips. And if it tells you anything about the man, he just wants to be called Brother Jim. He's a fisher That's of fine. men. And he is a bass fisherman, and we're going to continue talking to him again here. Stay with us. Hello, everyone. This is Christy Stratton. As you may know, I'm host Richard Mendelow's wingman. You might wonder what a wingman is. Here on Courageous Christianity, it means I'm here to support the host of the show in our efforts to accomplish our mission. That mission is to equip Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield, and we need your help to do that. Your tax-deductible support is what keeps us on the air and sustains our ongoing efforts. Courageous Christianity is a public nonprofit ministry. If you'd like to support our mission and this ministry, you can do so by texting any amount to 281-800-4940. That's 281-800-4940. And for a donation of $25 or more, we will send you a signed copy of Richard's book, Right Makes Might, 40 Days to Courageous Christianity. You will absolutely love this devotional, and it will help you to be more equipped in your walk as a courageous Christian. If texting isn't a fit, you can also donate by going to CourageousChristianity.today. So text to donate to 281-800-4940 or go to CourageousChristianity.today. Friends, thank you. We are so very grateful for your listenership and for your support. Friends, welcome back. I'm Richard Mendelo, and you're listening to Courageous Christianity. And we have a very special guest with us today from Greenwood, Mississippi, and we're talking about Courageous Christianity. And last week when Christy and I were kind of recapping things, I spoke to a vision that I have of Courageous Christianity. And I imagine a border between two countries. And the one country is the country of light, and the other country is the country of darkness, and I believe that as Christians, we stand along this border, and we often refer to it in the show as the intersection of our faith and the secular world. And we've described it as a battlefield, as critical terrain, and as a place of amazing opportunity where we as Christians can guide those in darkness, but we have to show up. 
and Brother Jim is talking with us today. Brother Jim, how do you visualize that intersection? You've said that you don't distinguish between two worlds, that it's all one, but do you do you see the the meeting point where in the morning we might have time with our Bible and then we go out in the world and the wheels come off the cart? Well, there's something, I think, to be borrowed from the Lord Jesus that there's no doubt his day began in the presence of the Father. Uh, he, uh, the Scriptures repeatedly described that he would um, up early in the day, and, and of course that's my time of day. I'm a, I'm a 3.30 to 4 o'clock riser. That's just the way it's always been. It started for me to get to see my dad, who worked outside of the home, and I started that in high school, really junior high. So I still do that. That's just the best time for me uh, to be alone with God. But that's also the example that Jesus said. I, I think, you know, there's sometimes it's one of these oddities. You know, the, Jesus made a comment occasionally that he didn't, he wasn't exactly certain on any given day what the Father's will was. I think there are times that he knew uh, what what the day would hold, but there are other times he, he would say, you know, there's some things that are only known by the Father uh, that the day was going to somehow be a part of him encountering people and going places, and he may be with the disciples one moment, he may be with uh, needing to consider a miracle in the next moment. So I think if we don't realize the need to set apart those moments in the morning with the Lord, we we expose ourselves to the enemy on the day. Uh, you know, it's like you in the military. If you don't have your equipment ready, there's no way you're going to be ready to defend yourself or anybody else should the situation arise. So I think if I think if people could see more that, um, hey, when I get up in the morning and get into my routine, my failure to set aside 10 or 15 minutes just alone in the Word and saturating my, my mind and heart in God's Word, I make myself exposed. And I, I tell people, you know, even a pastor doesn't have control of his schedule all the time. Things happen overnight sometimes, and there are a lot of stories. Every pastor has those. But, buddy, if I get if I get two or three days just overwhelmed by ministry or demands, or you know, when our three boys were small, you know, parenting, and 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 really delay on that time alone with God and that what we call a quiet time, it's really a morning worship. Boy, I feel vulnerable uh, before too long, not into just maybe one day or two days, but but even beyond that. And I, I sense, I, I ask, I ask God to help me feel that emptiness so that I can get away and get get alone because I, I don't know what the day is going to hold. And I, I feel like if I haven't put on the full armor of God, uh, I'm, I'm just exposing myself to failure or, or to sin or to, or to, or to mental collapse. Uh, so we, we, we really, I think, as, as pastors, but also just as Christians, need to keep reminding each other how important it is to, to get that get that armor on in the morning. Otherwise, we, we really are setting ourselves up for failure. Yeah. You know, Brother Jim, uh, it's so love hearing you say that, because if if you were to go back and listen to all the shows in the last year, you I you would hear us, you know, talk about this a lot, you know, yeah. get up in the morning read your Bible. And at times we're kind of like, okay, we're, we're kind of saying the same thing, but that's where it all begins. It's exactly the model that Jesus gave us. Yeah. You so know. Well, and I, I, yeah, I have a prayer journal. I, I tell people this, I, I kind of, you know, I teach a, I, I preach at eight o'clock on Sunday morning and I teach a nine fifteen Sunday school class and I preach at ten thirty. And And one of the things that, that uh, I hold myself accountable to is a, is a ledger on the inside flyleaf of my Bible, which right now, 
as a result of our pandemic year, it's never been as full as it is now, even though it changes every month. I update it and I bring names over. If somebody tells me or asks me, Brother Jim or Pastor Jim or whatever, hey, would you pray for this? Would you put me on your prayer list? People know I have a private prayer list. And uh, then I have one where more in public, like like in our church, you know, when we have prayer meeting in the middle of the week, you know, there's a more generalized list. But, but I... I I find myself, hey, I've promised these people that I'm going to be interceding for them, and I and I document it, I, I date it, and I put it, you know, I go every day that I'm in that ledger, I write that day, and, and in some cases, if the Lord really puts somebody heavy on my heart, I'll circle the date beside their name, and every now and then I'll show somebody what what that looks like. Hey, I didn't just tell you I was just going to pray for you. Let me show you where I've been praying for you. Yeah, that's one and, of Christy. And uh, Rich was on that list for a long, long time while the while the military was in our town. But uh, gosh, again, we, we set ourselves up for failure if we don't determine and discipline ourselves. Yeah, to you be know, alone with the Father. as much time as we spend uh, training to go to Afghanistan and Iraq, every morning before we went outside the wire, it's 3.30 or 4 and we're standing in the lights of the vehicles because these are all big diesel trucks and the diesels are all running and the Marines are standing around and everybody's kind of waking up and you're getting ready to go outside the wire. And and I would look at each Marine and uh, ask him his rules of engagement. When can we engage this? When can we do this? Uh, what is our immediate action drill for this? If this happens, what's going to happen? And what I'm hearing you say <clears throat> is that when you wake up at 3.30 or 4, and it's not to go fishing, or probably even if you do go fishing, you have this time, and it's where you prepare yourself, and you put on your full armor, and you rehearse your responses to what you know is going to be a difficult world. And so this intersection of faith and the world, it really is a lot of things. Uh, it's critical terrain where we know we're going to show those in darkness the light and the love of Jesus. And it's dangerous ground because we're in contact with the enemy, and it's a classroom where we can teach. And sometimes you don't know who's a student and who's a teacher, or even what the lesson is. But if you bring the self that Jesus asks you to bring, then you will bring compassion and healing love to those who are suffering and in darkness. And so I can't imagine the weight that is for a pastor. I mean, I know I work hard to carry that weight, and I pr uh, pray for people, and uh, I know Christy does, and she won't say to somebody, I'm going to pray for you, if in fact she's not going to pray for them, and she right. won't. And so I can't imagine that weight, and I thank you so much for bearing it. Um, if you're willing, I'd like to ask a question uh, from a listener who sure. is talking about that intersection, and a listener asks, how do I speak to people about God? You know, we have to earn a hearing. Uh, I think it's important that, again, part of this daily routine of getting along with the Father is asking Him to indicate what our day might hold, and so that when all of a sudden we're in a situation and we're either overhearing a conversation in the office or we're... Uh, uh, we're befriending somebody at school, or we bump into somebody at the convenience store. Uh, I think if we frequent the places, particularly for somebody that's been where I've been, I've been in, I've been pastoring in, in this town for 30 years, so people recognize me quite readily. But I, I think uh, I think the man in the pew, the woman in the pew, the pastor in the pulpit. I think when people see us out in community. 
I, I think uh, I think we put ourselves in a position whereby things that are happening in their lives, the Lord will will make a divine appointment, and He will put us in a place where we can speak into that person's life, and their curiosity about us or their knowledge of us might set that up. Or somewhere where we realize, kind of in the quiet of our mind, you know what, as this person's talking to me, happened to me this morning, by the way, uh, at Walmart out here in our town, a lady, an older lady, probably in her 80s, I was back in the audiovisual department, she said, I know you don't work here, but can you help me find a plug for my iPhone or, or for my telephone? And I said, I sure can. Let's see what you have here. And for the next 15 minutes, I walked this dear soul around the electronics department at Walmart, and uh, I kind of saw that as a divine appointment. It it Mm -hmm. gave me a chance to be, she wasn't looking for Jesus to help her find something for her phone, but she found me, and I just befriended her. I I may be the only person that she she would speak to today. And so I always see that. I don't see those as accidental. I see those as intentional. And I just quit what I was doing. I said, well, let me see that phone. Would you turn it on for me? Let's see what that is. And, hey, we had the sweetest little visit walking around the electronics department at Walmart this morning. I think that's what the Lord intends for us to do. I think He expects us. To, hey, we've been a, we've been blessed. We're supposed to be a blessing. So we, you know, and she didn't talk about God, and I didn't bring him up. Uh, but if the situation had presented itself like like, thank you for helping me. I mean, I could have said, well, you know, I yeah, I'm I'm. By the way, I'm a pastor of a big church here in town. Do you know Jesus? You know, I didn't do that. <laughs> well, know, it makes but, it makes me think Jesus was a friend. And we're being, again, a model for us, and we're friend to, friends to others, and, and that no brings about who Christ is. Yeah, that's uh, fantastic. Was that the Walmart next to the hotel where we all stayed? When yeah, we were there? yeah, right out yeah. there, sure. I remember, yeah. uh, because I just jumped in the car, the general called me and said, get out here, and I jumped in the car and went out. I didn't have all the right clothes and so forth, and it was a good thing that for the first couple of weeks, all we wore was a uniform from four in the morning until midnight or so. But afterward, I ended up needing some. I think I was looking for church clothes because you invited me to church. And I went to that Walmart there to try and find some church clothes and they didn't have anything. And uh, when we come back, we are not going to talk anymore about the clothes that I was looking for. At Walmart. Yeah, we, we don't have church this clothes. Is not a, this we, <laughs> we, we don't have church clothes. We That's, can take you as you are. Uh, well, I appreciate that. And uh, friends, we're talking to Brother Jim Phillips and he is from Mississippi, and he's just such a blessing to so many, walking out his faith with love at the intersection of this difficult world, uh, bringing love and compassion and healing to everybody. And we're going to talk more with him when we come back. Stay with us. Friends, these excerpts are from the Scroll Mark II from the book, The Greatest Salesman of the World by Og Mandino. They provide an amazing picture of the love that will change the world. Here you go. For this is the greatest secret of success in all ventures. Muscle can split a shield and even destroy life, but only the unseen power of love can open the hearts of men. So I will greet this day with love in my heart. I will make love my greatest weapon and none can defend against its force. My reasoning they may counter, my speech they may distrust, my apparel they may disapprove, my face they may reject, yet my love will melt all hearts. 
I will greet this day with love in my heart. And how will I do this? Henceforth, I will look on all things with love and I will be born again. I will love all manners of men for each has qualities to be admired, even though they be hidden with love. I will tear down the wall of suspicion and hate which they have built around their hearts. And in its place, I will build bridges so that my love may enter their souls. You know, I heard someone say recently that legalism says God will love us if we change. The gospels say that we will change if we love God. Lord Jesus, by his love through us, will change the world. First, it changes us. Then as we approach the world, those in darkness will come to know his love through the light that we shine. And that is Courageous Christianity. Friends, welcome back. I'm Richard Mendelo, and you're listening to Courageous Christianity with Richard Mendelo, and that's me. We have a very special guest. (laughs) It's Richard Mendelo. And we have a very special guest with us today who's much more interesting and important than me. And his name is Brother Jim from the North Greenwood Baptist Church in Greenwood, Mississippi. And I have to tell you, this brother gets into everything. And I met him when I was in Mississippi investigating the crash of Yankee 72, which was a Marine Corps aircraft. And we have remained friends. And the way he just shows up, folks, the way he gets into everything from (laughs) babies' birthdays to fishing tournaments to trips to the uh, hospital and walking with people and loving on people and uh, Astros games, which we're going to try and just jump right over and nobody will notice. (laughs) Um, and this morning he was telling us about how he works at Walmart when he has uh, <laughs> some time. And we're talking about this intersection of our faith and the world where where this faith that we nurture in the wee hours of the morning in our quiet time with God uh, eventually must meet the world. And when it does, there is a place of opportunity. And Brother Jim actually said in the last segment that in the absence of his quiet time, he feels very vulnerable at that intersection. And I think that's an important point because on the show, I use the expression fight. I, I say, get in the fight. Uh, and that's kind of a Marine Corps thing, maybe. Um, but what I mean by that is obviously not that we're going to get in a fight. We're talking about engaging in love those who do not yet know Jesus and even those who know him but might not be living for him. And so I think the important word in the last sentence is those who do not know Jesus yet. Because depending on how we behave, people will either come to know Jesus with our help at that intersection, or perhaps their meeting with the Savior will be put off for another day. Or perhaps if we don't act right, we may delay that meeting for quite some time. And so it's tremendously important uh, how we show up and the advantage that we take. Um, Brother Jim did it this morning in a Walmart, helping a lady find uh, some technology. And we were just talking about being a friend. And, you know, that's what I'm hearing, Brother Jim, 
um, the opportunity like Jesus had to be a friend in all the different environments that you're in. <laughs> Extreme winter. <laughs> winter well, or... let, me, so let, me, <laughs> let me paint a broader picture for you. And again, use this language, divine appointment. Where's there, where's there mm. going to be a divine appointment? Uh, sometimes when people are talking to me on the phone across the country or I encounter someone somewhere off, someone that said, Greenwood, Greenwood, Mississippi. Now, where is that? I said, well, we're two, two hours south of Memphis, Tennessee, and two hours north of Jackson, Mississippi. And then I might say this, did you ever see the movie The Help? And a lot of people did. Well, it was filmed in Greenwood, Mississippi. And uh, the, movie, the movie company approached our church uh, while they were setting up um, – you know, future visits to this community and selected our church as the place where uh, people in the movie and set uh, props and automobiles for that period and what have you would be on a parking lot of our church. <laughs> and they asked, could we use your fellowship hall to feed the actors and the casts for several weeks that summer? And I said, can you? And so uh, Top Cat Catering from Nashville, Tennessee, set up in our parking lot in, our, in front of our fellowship hall. And every day at noon, we were we were uh, lavished with amazing food food sources for famous actors and actresses. Uh, uh, Emma Stone and, and uh, Sissy Spacek and different ones were in our fellowship hall. And we just interacted with these people. And a lot of folks from the West, uh, you know, who are in the movie industry and what have you. And, and uh, they'd never heard of Southern hospitality, I can tell you that. <laughs> and and uh, you'd encounter one of them in the hallway going between the fellowship hall and, and the parking lot on the other end of the building. If you said, hey, which we do in Mississippi, hey, it just scared the pants off of them. You know, they weren't <laughs> interested, and in, they just didn't know people were going to encounter them. But we looked at every one of those opportunities. We saw every one of those faces of these strange people in town for those several weeks to try to make uh, an, an eternal investment in their lives. Wow. They thought all we were doing was offering our fellowship hall. Well, we were, but we were making we were making making relationships so much we more meeting folks and yeah and speaking to them and giving them you know giving them a listening ear and yeah. it, it was just so just so precious for us but that's what we're supposed to do i think we're just supposed to to realize that every day is an opportunity to to borrow a military advertisement from some years ago it's not a job it's an adventure well christianity should be an adventure mm. and we ought to just see jesus looked for people and uh, he just saw the father's will for him had to do with changing lives and encountering conversations and saying hey what how can i make a difference in your life today i think we need to do that it doesn't have to be so hard it can be fun well, and adventure. You know, no it doesn't have to be there's hard a, there's a couple things that we've said number one uh, i think the media and popular culture give us the idea that we have to throw the touchdown pass and it has to be some uh, adopt a dog scenario where it's great and it's grand, but really that's about you. If you look at these little opportunities, which are just little, and by the way, life is little. And for that lady at the Walmart this morning, uh, life was little and a little bit confusing. And there was Brother Jim to help her. And so (laughs) I'm thinking about, uh, I'm picturing the the little community center where we had the combat operations set set up and muddy boot prints all over the place from the searchers coming in from the fields. And there you are with, with your flock and you're standing behind those silver dishes and you're just handing out food. And what's interesting to me about that is first you fed their hunger 
And then you're there to feed whatever needs might come of that. And so in these divine appointments, we can be prepared. And here's an example of a way to prepare is, of course, to have the quiet time and to start with your Bible every morning. But don't rush so much. For example, if we're less busy, then we have more time for these little engagements. And so what would the devil want? Well, he wants us to be busy. Mm, So what can we do? We can build in 5, 10, 15 minutes extra so that when you pass that person, you can stop and look them in the eyes and see them. And you have no idea what their life was like that, that morning or what they're going home to. But in that moment, you have this opportunity. And what I often say is, if not that, then what? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, so, when you see somebody like at a checkout, say a Walmart or someplace, and they have a name badge on, mm. call them by name. It'll scare them to death. Yeah, that's... Uh, speak, speak to them as a friend would speak to a friend. That's what Jesus did. He spoke as a friend to a brother. And because all of a sudden they'll make eye contact with you, and they'll think to themselves, I don't know who that guy is. But how does he know my name? They may even forget they have their name on the shirt. But it, but it just uh, it helps. It, it invests in people's souls. You know that guy was, uh, you know, was polite enough to speak my name. I, I, we're trying to do that at Sonic over here. And some of those names are hard to pronounce sometimes. But but anyway, it's amazing how different what difference you can make in somebody's life by just, just, speaking, absolutely. just speaking a word into them. Yeah. And you know uh, that's kind of a, a corollary. When you picture this world as a battlefield, because there is darkness trying to overshadow light, there's uh, a good part of that. And the good part is a little kindness goes a long way. So if people are uh, struggling, engaged, and having who knows what kind of day, and you bring the smallest kindness, and we've heard it described that the darker the room the brighter that one single candle looks. And so, you know, it's not the Garden of Eden, and pretending that it's the Garden of Eden actually introduces suffering into our lives. If if we're realistic about the difficulties of our walk in this world, then obviously it helps us to be prepared and to take steps each day. But at the same time, the opportunity is just so amazing— Uh, I'd like to ask you about a quote. Uh, C.S. Lewis has described courageous Christianity as a fighting religion. Mm. What are your thoughts there? I think sometimes people don't realize we're at war. I I think uh, my recollection is that C.S. Lewis actually was an atheist before coming to Christ, and so he understood both sides. And I think he likened uh, the battle for the soul as something that happens in in the unseen world. Uh, there's a there's a great passage in the book of Acts where Paul is preaching, and there's a fellow I love, but I have a sermon called Sleeping in Church, and folks think it's not in the Bible, but it is. Eutychus was up in the window, and he was kind of nodding off and fell to his death, and Paul brought him back to life. But uh, I remember reading the story and, pre- and preparing for that message where this unseen spirit world uh, is being affected by the activity of man and woman, and the guy that tells the story says uh, that Satan and his demons were always looking for someone to discourage. And, and at one point there was, um, there was a church 
in worship, full people were supposedly worshiping and so forth, and there was one demon sitting up in the balcony with his arms folded. But then there was this little house in the woods, and there was a man on his knees before God, and all around that house was nothing but a demon presence, and they were trying to discourage that man from bowing his knees. Wow. I think we uh, lose sight of the fact that uh, in Lewis's understanding that, um, gosh, this is war. Uh, I think one of the most startling things that people sometimes come up on in the Word of God is that Jesus uh, made a statement that kind of must have shocked people, that he said, you know, I, I haven't come to to make peace. He said, I, uh, there's, a, there's a great passage in... Uh, Matthew 10, he said, don't suppose that I've come to bring peace to the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. I've come to put father against man or daughter against mother or daughter-in-law against mother-in-law, and man's enemies will be members of his own household. Sometimes one of the loneliest places is when you're the only believer uh, in your little little sphere of influence. It may be your own blood kin. Amen. But that's where the war takes place. That's where we realize that, hey, God intends for me to, to be light in darkness, and here he's placed me in a most unlikely place. But right. good gracious, that may be your divine appointment, and that's not always an easy place to be. This isn't, this isn't easy. This no. Is war. No. Uh, Matthew ten thirty four, folks, is that yeah. uh, reference, and we quote it often, and it does speak to the uh, intersection of faith and how Jesus came to put us to a decision about life and death. Friends, we are talking to Brother Jim, and uh, so grateful for his participation. And if you stay with us, we will be back after a short break. Today we live, today we breathe, today we know that we are strong when we are weak. Today we trust. Friends, it's Richard, host of Courageous Christianity. In addition to donations, sponsorships also help to keep us on the air and sustain our ongoing efforts. We'd love for you to join us in this mission. If you own a Christian business or an entrepreneur, or it's just on your heart to support our efforts, sponsorship opportunities are available. You'll have the chance to have your message heard during each show and much more. If you want to join us in our mission to equip Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield and support us with your sponsorship, call 281-656-1833 or email us at CourageousChristianity at gmail.com. Contact us to apply, as there are some requirements. Please call 281-656-1833 or email us at CourageousChristianity at gmail.com. We're grateful for your listenership and for your support. Friends, you're back with Richard Mendelo and Brother Jim, and of course, Christy. Long time, uh, Brother Jim, not Christy. Uh, Brother Jim <laughs> is a longtime pastor from Greenwood, Mississippi, and we're talking about the opportunity that we have as Christians at the intersection of our faith and the world, and provided that we don't think it's something that it is not, and provided we show up and have the courage to stand firm, then... We can heal and love and shine a bright light, a loving light on those in darkness and struggling. And we're talking to Brother Jim about that. And the question that I think uh, our listeners might have is, what if you don't feel courageous? You know, when uh, Jesus began to handpick, and that is what he did, 
he handpicked 12 uh, disciples, those who originally became apostles because they were the sent ones. Everybody who's a follower of Jesus is a disciple. That means a learner. But the apostles had specific tasks that he was assigning them. And we we know the famous ones pretty well because the the scriptures are replete with them. Peter and James and John, the sons of thunder, and Andrew and the different ones. But I wonder sometimes uh, if we realize that they were all equally important in that the Lord called them individually. But the vast majority of them we soon lose in history and in scripture. They just kind of fade away. Was that was that meaning that they were not as important? No chance. My pastor years ago said God hits his biggest licks with little sticks. <laughs> and I think sometimes people think that uh, maybe, well, I can't stand in a pulpit or I can't lead music or I can't sing a solo. Uh, I must not have anything to offer. Oh, yes, you do. And it's about um, it's about availability. Again, my pastor used to say God's not looking for impressive people, but people impressed with doing his will. And God can change us and make us bold and make us courageous. Those, uh, there's a great statement in there, in the book of Acts, uh, when when Peter and John had had, come, had had performed a miracle, and the scripture said, and the people took note that they had been with Jesus. Well, I think people need to take note that we've been with Jesus, and 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 He's the one that makes us bold. He's the one that uh, that gives us an effervescent personality. He's the one that empowers us to be just a vessel to whom he works. And we may not ever be famous, but we can be impactful. And and, uh, the scripture says, but in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you for the reason of the hope that you have and do it with gentleness and respect. Yeah, um, I'm sorry. Yeah, if people see you that way, it's going to create an opportunity, and uh, anybody can do that. You don't have to be brazen. Just be available. Yeah, I think that's brilliant. Uh, I said last week or the week before, we were talking about a Marine and how a Marine wears a uniform so everyone knows he's a Marine. And as mm-hmm. Christians, if we're conducting ourselves the way we should, then people will look at us and they will know we're a Christian. Absolutely. And then they'll ask us uh, for some need to be filled or some question and we will have to be discerning about that to make sure that it is a need and not an ambush and all of these other things. But at the core of it, you bring your heart, you bring love, you bring compassion and understand that, uh, these people are struggling. And, uh, a friend asked me, well, I'm not very good at scripture and I can't really remember scripture. And I thought about the, uh, scripture whereby Paul says, he boasts, he will boast about what Jesus has done for him. And so it's not that you have to know scripture. It's that you uh, bring your heart and just tell people what Jesus has done for you. And that's your most honest testimony and it's unique. And there's no one else on the planet who can give that. That's right. That's right. So uh, that kind of sort of speaks uh, sideways to a quick question, which I'll ask you about being discerning about which battles to fight, which engagements, and so forth. Well, you know, I think this uh, recent election did a lot uh, to cause us to realize you cannot win an argument on social media. Uh, 
that was something I had to try to help some people to kind of come to grips with. And I think it's kind of one of these things uh, whereby you really have to rely on the Holy Spirit and His prompting. And I think He will. I think He will. He will be. He will be the the instigator of our faith and the implementer of our faith. To know that there are sometimes uh, people and situations that really do uh, need our input, and uh, I think the Holy Spirit will tell you that. Uh, that comes from that morning walk, that morning quiet time, and I think the Lord will help you to choose your battles wisely. And uh, that being said, I think we all really need to realize we're all in this together. We're part of the team. We're part. We're part of the troops. And uh, we want to don't want to waste our time, but we want to make make good use of our time. And I think the Lord's going to point out to us that here's a person, here's a situation, here's a cause. And let's let's pick them let's pick them wisely, and the Holy Spirit I think will direct us in that direction. So again, I'm just really hearing is that that quiet time in the morning is is, is just critical to our showing up and cannot function otherwise. Yeah, no. Yeah, it's where we're going to get in touch with that very quiet voice, and God says, "Be still and know that I am God," and that says. Know that I am God, I will walk with you, as he did with Moses, when Moses didn't really feel courageous about going and talking to Pharaoh. And he will do so with us at every intersection. So, Brother Jim, as we work toward the end of the show, and uh, just so grateful for having you here, wondering what last thoughts, what final thoughts you might have for us. A great theologian one time asked, why do you keep praying that the Lord will fill you? You always ask the Lord to fill you. And he said, because I leak. <laughs> so <laughs> so if, we, if, we kinda, if we see ourselves in the morning as a sponge that's dry from we've slept, we've kind of exhausted ourselves from the day before, and we sit in the Lord's presence, it's like he fills us, like a sponge filling with water, so that we go out into the world one day at a time, and we just let the Lord, because the world's going to squeeze you anyway, but we want we want to be that that ready vessel to pour out into the lives of people, and if we don't if we don't take that time to get filled, hey, we do leak, and and uh, but it can be a good thing or it can be a bad thing. I pray it'll be a good thing. So uh, get along with the Lord and receive your marching orders, and then see every day as an as an adventure as an adventure. Mm-hmm. Folks, uh, just beautifully said, Brother Jim says so many beautiful things. He once told me that. Uh, our faith is as simple as one beggar trying to find, tell another beggar where to mm-hmm. find bread. And yeah. that's the truth. And as you know, in every show, we have a moment of truth where we look at Scripture, which informs our discussion. And we do this to remind ourselves that God's Word is our first refuge, that it's always relevant, and that it never fails. And our moment of truth today comes from Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear or timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. So in discernment, that self-discipline is not being involved in gossip. It's not saying uh, ugly things. It's not participating on Facebook or whatever. It must be self-discipline. So friends, if we're thinking about ourselves as we approach the many opportunities we have for ministry, worrying about what we have to lose or what we have to gain or how it might look, it's easy to fear engaging the world. We might fear making fools of ourselves or getting counseled by our boss for speaking about Jesus or saying the wrong thing because we're not sure we can memorize scripture well enough. And I understand all of this. Combat is a place brimming with fears of all sorts. In Afghanistan, I feared making a decision that would get one of my Marines hurt. 
and I feared getting shot or blown up. But more than anything, I feared not accomplishing my mission. If you think about the story of the Good Samaritan, the first two characters passed the traveler who had been beaten and left for dead on the side of the road because they said, if I stop, what will happen to me? It was a Samaritan who said, if I don't stop, what will happen to him? So think about Brother Jim when he showed up at the community center to offer food and comfort. He saw a need. The parking lot was jammed with vehicles and people were going in every direction as we worked to recover our fallen Marines. And he showed up. Despite this intimidating environment, uh, an environment which would have made many turn away, he simply said, how can I help? And that brings us to our quote of the day, which is also from Dr. Jim Phillips, Brother Jim, our guest. (laughs) And we were talking on the phone a couple weeks ago, and he said something so simple and so filled with heart, and I thought it was well worth repeating. He said, ministry is everywhere. Friends, ministry is everywhere. Each of us is uniquely gifted, placed, and experienced to bring the love of Jesus to bear on someone who needs him. In the absence of an immediate need, each of us can simply ask, how can I help? And as we go about our days at work or on the street, God will bring us to the appointed place and time of our service to him, what Brother Jim has referred to as our divine appointments. And we must be ready. We must actively seek to fill our hearts with the love of Christ every morning in quiet time, filling that leaky sponge. And we must work to fill our actions and words with his truth. And then we need simply ask, how can I help? But we must show up. And that is courageous Christianity. Folks, I would like to thank uh, Dr. Jim Phillips for taking time out of his busy schedule to join us today. He is busy ministering to his flock, and it's such an honor to have him on our show. It is such an honor, and I'm so glad to meet you, Brother Jim, via phone and radio. Phone. <laughs> that's okay. Uh, you know, we can make up what we look like. We <laughs> I'm well, six I foot five, <laughs> and I have a full head of hair. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. You, you, you're, you're wonderful. <laughs> I can't wait to meet you in person. Okay. Thank you. Absolutely. Let's do that. Let's do that. Uh, friends, Thanks for joining Christy and me today. We hope you'll join us each and every week here on 100.7 KKHT, The Word, or kkht.com, where you can find past episodes. And you can also go to courageouschristianity.today, where you can listen to episodes by podcast. Brother Jim, thank you so much for being with us. I'll look forward to seeing you in the future when we actually can be face-to-face. We are honored to walk with you in Christ, friends. God bless and Semper Fi. Ships 
Cut the ties, send the flame into the night. Say your prayer, turn the tide, dry your tears and wave goodbye. Step inside. 